In your corner with Core Physical Therapy, my name is Scott McKenzie, and this podcast is uniquely positioned. And what I mean by that, we bring the medical industry, the medical professionals to you, and we talk about better pain management, we talk about rehab after surgery, we talk about improved mobility, and we talk about preventative care, and you know what else? We talk about so much more on this particular podcast. Now, thank you for joining this podcast, so let's get on with the interview. All right, welcome back to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. Remember to go out to corephysicaltherapy.com. If you have any interest into better health, corephysicaltherapy.com. It's a great website, easy to navigate. You will not be disappointed, corephysicaltherapy.com. All right, this particular podcast, we're talking about serving your community. I have no idea what that's going to be about. It it just sounds great. But we have a great panel that uh, is here to be able to talk about what that is. so let's, we're just going to go around, right? We're going to go around. We're going to start with you, uh, Michael, Dr. Michael, Ma- Dr. Michael Cador, <laughs> senior. <laughs> give us a little back, give us a little background on uh, who you are and why you're such an incredible professional, whatever. I mean, you've got an amazing background. Well, I, I tell you what, it's an absolute honor to to be on and, and be here with you guys. Looking forward to some great discussion this evening. But uh, as stated, Dr. Michael Cador, serving a few capacities, but the biggest being uh, I'm associate dean over at Eastern Florida State College. Um, I'm also a city councilman within the city of, uh, of Rockledge as well. And then I do a lot of community board stuff that's uh, working with our youth, as well as serving our seniors through Aging Matters, which is kind of like a Meals on Wheels thing. And doing some home projects to make sure that our seniors are there, all of which my parents were doing it. So that's kind of like me in a nutshell without going through the whole story, just in a position to serve through public safety and higher education. So uh, quite frankly, I feel uh, inadequate and I feel bad about myself all of a sudden after hearing that I I'll hand it over to you. Uh, uh, I, I forgot your first name, Anderson. What's your first name? Brian. Brian. Yes. I, I don't want I don't want you to follow. I mean, I, it stinks to follow Dr. Cador's. Well, why don't you dazzle us with your background? I do the best I can. Right. And, and by no means am I trying to live up to that. And, and by the way, he's just not bragging. There's there's tons of stuff that he does um, in the community. And uh, definitely, like, like I said, a very dynamic guy. Um, we've had the opportunity to, to work and we're getting getting closer and working more together as uh, as time moves on here. Um but yeah, no, so uh, all I am, I'm just the director of Active Tracks for Cora Physical Therapy, um, <laughs> which is our, as it is, has it, as it is um, our sports medicine and community outreach division for Cora. Um, oh, yeah. So I do like serving. We can talk about that a little bit later. Uh, oh, we will. I have oh, a little yeah. bit of serving in, in my history, but uh, definitely not, not that. <laughs> all right, Dr. Rick. <laughs> He kick it off, man. I'm telling you, this is going to be a great conversation. I'm looking forward it's to it. It's going to be real good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so first of all, I want to thank both you guys. Brian's been on before, and uh, Dr. Godor and I have had a number of conversations. And really, this, this speaks to the essence of what we should be, what we should be doing. And before we get started, um, Mike, give us, give us kind of your story high school football, college football, pro football, and then take it from there. Because I think it's very interesting where you came from and how you got to where you are. We're going to talk about where you are and what you're doing for the community, but, but how'd you get there? Thank you, doctor. I truly appreciate it. Once again, humble beginnings. My, my father's from the Island of Grenada's in West Indies. My, my mom had an eighth grade education but we had a house full of brothers. Uh, hopefully the audio is coming across okay. You guys hear me okay? Yeah, we're good to go. We're, okay, good on the audio. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and as stated, uh, five brothers that grew up in the house, no sisters, and you know everything was you do it together. But the concept of where my mom would always tell us we would have to go over and stay the night with our, or cross the street with some of our seniors who were there by themselves just to make sure that they were okay throughout the night. Um, athletically, every challenge was given to me had asthma so you couldn't play academically you struggled so you might not even be eligible to play even if you were healthy enough to do it but i was always around individuals who who always encourage 
So every level when there was an obstacle, like we always have in life, there was always somebody in that inner circle that would say, uh, you, you can do this. Uh, we're not going to claim this asthma on your life, but it wasn't like it miraculously went away. It was the body was conditioned for the sport in which I was playing. I probably could have not been a soccer player on any level because that's all you do is continually run. If you know what that means, at least in football, you're going to get a break every play. You're going to be able to come back. You're going to be able to regroup uh, basketball. You're at least able to go to the sideline. So a bit of the story was uh, my, my, my goal and dream was just to be uh, able to play and then be drafted. That was it. And my dream really wasn't that big, guys. My, my dream was should have been bigger in that point because Heavenly Father blessed me to be drafted, but I wasn't able to get on an active roster with the New Orleans Saints. I was able to go on and play uh, professionally over in, in Montreal and in Canada, NFL, Europe, World League, and being on some practice squads and stuff. So those blessings of being drafted and going on to the next level is so humbling because you're doing a sport that not only you weren't able to supposed to play on a little league level because of your athletic condition, but I was a kick returner. And there's two positions on that football field that are probably the most <laughs> uncovered or dangerous. Mm-hmm. Punt return and kick return is, is, is one of those. So as you navigate through it, I always had individuals in front of me that I modeled or was my hero. One being my father, who was uh, a hard worker. Uh, he worked in law enforcement, so I gravitated towards that. But my big brother, who was almost kind of like the, the dad of the house when Pops worked, he was a football player. But he would always tell me, you're going to do better than I did. I got my bachelor's degree. You're going to go higher than that. You're going to get your master's and doctoral degree if you choose to do so. I was a free agent. He was a free agent for the, uh, the Denver Broncos back then, didn't make that the roster, but I was drafted. So there was always a, someone in the circle that's saying that you're able um, to do it. And then those down moments before I shift back to you was it was serving. You know, my, my, my dad was a was a cop. So we went everywhere with him into the calls and watched so many things that he did. Our neighbors and everyone looked out for each other. So you didn't have too much time to feel sorry for yourself because you was always serving. And when you had you were in need, they came to you. So before I knew what so service over self was or uh, if you don't serve your community now, do not expect your community to serve you later. My dad, without coining in that phrase, would state that all the time. You have to always give back. The worst time to try to make a friend is when you need a friend. So you help out. And, and that's why I'm honored that I have friendships that span, you know, 45 years. And, and they're not just co- acquaintance relationships. So, hey, how you doing? How have you been? They're strong relationships because we do community efforts uh, together. No, I'm throwing a lot out there, but I'm trying to give a basis of in the last um, maybe 10 or 15 years, I was able to utilize how were you able to accomplish these things? And there were a set of principles that allowed that to happen that I would love to be able to share that can apply to, I don't care what it is that you're doing uh, with these principles that allowed to, to have some success. And uh, just one other thing to, to maybe to share that I've learned over the years that when I would meet, whether they be mentors or individuals who are doing some amazing things, I wouldn't ask the easy question of what do you drive? Or how much money do you make or what are you doing? I would always ask them, how did you get through the storm? How did you handle the tough times? How do you get through it? Because sometimes individuals will share with you guys and we can kind of chime in there all of their successes but through a family that my mom never called us by any title. <laughs> but, you know, it was son, go do this and go and do that. It was never uh, Dr. Cador. I tried to surprise my mom and get some, uh, some scrubs and put doctor on it. You know, so share my mom that I'm a doctor now. <laughs> my mom was, oh, that's a cute uniform you got on, baby. Um, uh, honey, did you get my Avon? Did you going to bring my Avon? She, she, did, she didn't care about those things. <laughs> so you were naturally... Um, uh, in an era that's going to allow you to be humble if you try to uh, rise above as well as continue to be able to serve because everyone is going to need um, some help throughout uh, throughout life from time to time. So kind of rambling there, throwing a lot at you, but hopefully it's giving you a basis for us to have a, a great discussion over being able to serve, but having some principles that allow you to um, uh, be good in life, if you will. 
So, so before we move on, let's let's walk this back for just a minute and let's talk about your high school or maybe your mm-hmm. college football. And what's it like playing college football with asthma? Because I've dealt with asthma a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Many of my child, not many, but some of the world's greatest mm-hmm. track athletes have exercise induced asthma. And um, I've actually had at the Olympics some, some of my athletes in the 800 meters uh, most pass out at the finish line. So, so tell us about mm-hmm. college football with exercise induced asthma. Well, it, it back up just a little bit further when you when uh, from a little league aspect, that's when it was so prevalent, right? And and I was scared to try to overexert myself when an asthma attack would come. So my mom would allow me to just sit so I wouldn't uh, have that asthma attack, if you will. But when I sat, doctor, I watched and I learned so much when I'm watching my brothers and I'm out there playing and I wanted to go and be out there with them, but I couldn't because the asthma would be able to kick in. But then I started watching and I'm seeing angles and I'm like, man, if, if I can go like 20, 30 yards, I'm good. So it was a never of quitting. It was like, let me catch my breath and let me get back, get back out there. Uh, going into high school, we were very fortunate to win a state championship uh, my junior year. And, you know, I'm sitting the bench playing behind two All-Americans. Uh, one went to Ohio State, Johnny Ross, the other who uh, went to the University of Michigan, Gerald White. You know, here I am, uh, 5'8", you know, 153 pounds. <laughs> but we win state. And we don't have the technology that we do now back then. But if you're winning state championships, uh, they're coming to the schools. So we had the big individuals coming to visit our schools, the Bobby Bowdens, the Pat Dyes. We had all these people coming in to to watch. So the goal was you may be lucky to win three games your senior year. We go on to uh, win two state championships, back-to-back state championships. Due to size, um, I wasn't able to go to the Florida, Florida State. You know, they were, hey, we'll probably give you a half scholarship, you know, or partial. But no, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And here comes along Coach Roy Kidd, who visits me at school, and, and he poured into me. And here's the visual again that I think that's very important. Coach Kidd may be 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, He's an um, All-American quarterback with an amazing record. And he just shows me his championship rings on his hand. And he says, son, if you come to Eastern Kentucky, I can promise you two things. You're going to get a good education. And at that time, the criminal justice program at Eastern Kentucky was tops in the nation, still is. And you're going to get some of these championship rings. And he said, hey, do you want to try one of them on? I just said, no, sir, coach. I don't want I don't want to try it on. If you give me an opportunity, I'm going to earn it. And here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Eastern Kentucky. But I always had a mentor or someone in front of me by the name of Fred Harvey, who was already at Eastern Kentucky. He was a. Uh, a Hall of Famer. He was an All-American. So I had someone there to show me the ropes. Once again, though the asthma may have been an issue, you sit, you watch, and you learn. Though I had um, wasn't playing and I'm registering and sitting on the bench, I had a Fred Harvey who said, this is what you do and what you don't do. But here's the thing I want you to realize. Don't let anyone outwork you. It's going to be tough. But you did not get to Little League, to high school and college without putting in some heart some hard work. So I, I never really had any um, induced asthma that kind of take me out of a game because I was conditioning my body for the sport in which I was playing. And, and then let's go to the next level. Tell us about getting drafted and then tell us about your pro career. Well, you know, my, as I stated, you know, I, I tell kids now, man, dream big and it's work hard. And my dream was just to say, Hey, if I get drafted, so probably, and going into my, Maybe my sophomore year, I, I strategically would um, I'm waking up at 440 a.m. And, and, and there's a, an amazing book out there um, in the book of Mark four and 40 that talks about your faith. But the other thing, not only talking about having my faith, Mark four and 40, that if I can run 40 yards faster than 4.4 seconds, I might get drafted in the NFL. So I was tops in the kickoff return. I was playing. But many of the athletes that I played with, um, they're going to the NFL. You know, um, Aaron Jones, first round draft pick, John Jackson, Danny Copeland, Myron Guyton. All of these guys were they were Super Bowl champions. Danny Copeland and Myron Guyton were. So you're always around greatness, if you will. So we're trying out. And um, 
my, my 40 yard dash time, I think uh, may have been four, three, six. And you're talking Deion Sanders at that time, your Thurman Thomas, your Troy, Aikman, all these guys are coming out around this time. And I get drafted, you know, I'm running this 40 and they're like, Hey, look, um, your life is about to change. Son. You will be hearing from an NFL scout. Now at this point, I have my bachelor's degree in hand and I have part of my master's degree because of being redshirted. I went that extra mile, went to summer school and I played, I was working on my master's, my senior, my senior year as a fifth year senior. So I get this phone call, you know, it's, you, you never forget those opportunities. It's, um, <laughs> you know, this is it coach Yamora and uh, you've just been drafted by the New Orleans Saints. And guys, you got to realize I'm thinking football is over. I've accomplished everything. I have a degree in hand. I'm working on my master's. I can uh, get into my field and go. I immediately, I call <laughs> my parents, you know, you're going to call mom. And uh, mom has no, no idea really what's going on. And uh, I was like, mom, mom, I just, I just got drafted. And, you know, she just put the phone down. You can hear in the background saying, y'all, um, Michael on the phone, he said he just got drafted. She didn't know him. She might have thought I got drafted into the army. She had no, she had no concept, right? She's like, so my brother picks up the phone. He's like, Mike, are you serious, bro? Don't don't play. You got drafted. I say, bro, I just got drafted by the New Orleans Saints. You hear the phone drop and you hear the front door just bang. My other brother picks up and my dad, he said, Hey, what's going on? Hey guys, I've just been drafted by the New Orleans Saints. What happened to Gary? See, back in those days when you didn't have the cell phones and the pages and the beepers and you wanted to get the word out, you went to the barbershop. So he took off full speed running to the barbershop to tell, uh, you know, hey, man, my little brother, he's been drafted. And uh, so I, um, I, I get drafted. I go into the camp and they're telling me day one, look, this this team is, you know, it's yours. A gentleman by the name of Mel Gray had just left and went to uh, the Detroit Lions. And so I was going to be the kick returner. I was going to be the, the um, third down guy, if you will, clearing out the middle. And um, I'm going through training camp and um, Ricky Jackson. We're just in sh- shoulder pads and helmets. He a uh, big guy. Yeah. He just, you Ricky know, he Jackson. Just, yeah. yeah favorite, I call, I catch the ball. He just gave me a little nudge. And. I get that tweak in my knee. I didn't think anything about it, but you got to be able to get on film to shine. And um, I went back out there again and I injured my knee. Wasn't career ending, but it was enough to allow me to have to have my knee scoped and miss four to six weeks. So they got to finalize the roster. But guys, during this time, which is it's very important to, to note that my thought process at that time is, I ain't even supposed to be here. I'm having fun. I'm in the locker room trying to get um, Craig Ironhead Woods um, autograph, Eric Martin's autograph, Bobby Bear's autograph. I'm trying to, and they're like, dude, you here to um, <laughs> perform and make the team. <laughs> but I'm, I'm 21 years old and uh, got me some, I'm getting paid this, this money. They can't let you go injured. And they had to finalize, um, finalize the roster. And I went to, um, to the Canadian league, right? And I'm going to practice squads, but now I'm traveling the world. A little bit of kid from Titusville, playing something that I love to do. And I'm Saskatchewan, Calgary, Toronto, and I'm going all around, but I'm maintaining constant contact with uh, my fraternity brothers who are playing extremely well. Elroy Harris was at the Seattle Seahawks for a while. Jesse Smalls was at the Eagles. Myron Guyton, of course, with the Giants and, you know, all these guys. And they're just calling, say, man, keep grinding, keep doing your thing. Now, the interesting thing that happened in the offseason of that, I said, well, hey, I got to get a job. And I started uh, working as a correctional officer. Now, here's the humble thing about it. As I'm working as interviewing for the job, the commanders walk into the room where I'm doing my written exam and they say, hey, young man, come here. You sure you want to work for the sheriff's department? Uh, Yes, I do. Aren't you playing football? I say, "Uh, yes, sir. And they told me, look, this is what you do. You go play your football in Canada in the offseason. You have a full time job coming working here. 
So now at this time, you're young, you're making money, you're doing, I'm going through some developmental squads and going back and forth because it's a business. All of a sudden, uh, people are like, man, why in the world are you working out of jail? All you need is a high school diploma. You got a degree. You're playing pro ball while you're here. I said, well, guys, I got to get a job. I got to work somewhere. This ain't going to last forever. Mindset, you're not supposed to play the game. You're volunteering, you're serving, you're doing your camps, you're speaking to kids and uh, throughout your county, but you're still serving. All of a sudden, when my um, career was coming to an end, I was finishing up with Montreal there. I was second in the league in kickoff returns, and I had an opportunity to go to the Eagles. And one of the ways you can determine if you're going to really make the squad and be a part of the team is your signing bonus. My signing bonus wasn't much um, at all. But each year, though I'm playing, that tire is like a, um, the, uh, a tread on the tire on your knee, right? So I'm 100% in one knee, 98, 97. So sooner or later, that knee is going to possibly give out. Are we good? Okay, Scott, we're hearing me okay? Still good? Oh, yeah. No, I... I, I sit there and I surf the net. Now I'm pulling you up on the internet and I'm yeah. trying to find your CFL career. <laughs> so go, go, go. Don't yeah, mind yeah. me. Go to, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Scott, do, if do you find thing, me yeah, on right? the internet, it's not true. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Blind and I were roommates. We played ball together. So <laughs> I've been, uh, <laughs> World League of Whatever it says, it's not true. <laughs> World, World, League of America, World League of American football, right? I've been by trial. I'm, I'm doing my thing. And guys say, man, why are you here? You're playing. And I got to play somewhere. And um, I go to the Eagles. And uh, my dad was like, son, let it go. He said, let it go. I said, dad, I've been doing this since I was 10 years old. And I can smell the grass when it's time to play. My dad was like, son, let it go. You weren't even supposed to play the game at all. You played at the highest level. You got your education. You got your couple coins in the bank. You're looking at get married. Let it go. I cried for four days. And when I say cry for four days, dude, I cried for four days. Mental health. There's so many things that aren't even talked about of athletes who some go to the league and play a while. And then when it's over, that transition, guys, is um, difficult. But when you're serving and talking to these young kids and you're their hero and they're, they're still lifting you up. I come into uh, letting it go, go to the jail full time, working as a correctional officer. And it was only received not only with, with open arms and with love, it was with respect as well. And the next piece on that shift, guys, from the professional aspect, I then was looking to get married in uh, 1991, but I didn't want to work shift work. That's when the education came into play. That's when the relationship of serving your community of those who know you can tell you about opportunities. They came out and said we had an opportunity for me to work as a probation officer. They said you must have a bachelor's degree. Check. And they said you must have three years of law enforcement related experience. Because I worked at the jail, I had exactly three years and four months. I got in. I got it. I got into probation. I'm still serving. I'm doing my thing. And, you know, and as we transitioned, the beautiful thing behind a lot of those things was not only in keeping you humble and being thankful of things that you weren't even supposed to be promised. But along that way, my transition from football and giving back and doing camps, mind you, not being on an active NFL roster, playing with the Montreal machine in the, in the World League, NFL Europe, whatever the case may be. And I start a football camp to give back give back. And the camp the first year or two might have been 20 bucks. That was just to pay for uniforms and a shirt and to feed these kids. All of a sudden, there used to be a game called NFL Street. And Ricky Williams used to be on the cover of that video slash football game. And a young lady calls me that was working as an intern and she needed help in marketing her career and getting it out. And she says, Mr. Godore, are you able to take some kids? Oh, are we still there? Oh, yeah. We're there? still good. Oh, okay. All right. The, the, she said, are you able to take these kids to uh, Miami to participate in this NFL street? I said, sure. Um, 
but I can maybe take 15. Again, you're serving and you're helping and you don't know how it's going to come back around. This young lady, I said, I can take about 15 kids down. They said, what if we charter your bus? Could you take more? So we take a busload of kids down to Davie where the Dolphins uh, were practicing at. And they have this amazing experience. These kids from the small inner city area, they're going down here and they're just having fun. What I did know that was helping launch her career. After that, now I am with the NFL and the NFL is saying, hey, look, this camp that you're giving, if you charge no money, we will give you money to run that camp. The camp, guys, it went for 20 years, never break. The only year we had a break was uh, when COVID came, and that's when I just went to uh, pass on, on the baton. Me serving in my community and helping others circle back around. I had no idea at the time what I was doing for that young lady in her, in her career. But when you got the stamp of approval, I got guys who have played and retired from the NFL saying, how in the world are you getting money to do this camp <laughs> when I can't even get in to be able to fill out the application? You build relationships, you serve, you move on. So the career was in public safety from corrections to probation um, and to crime prevention and community relations. But I also wanted to make that shift out of the law enforcement world. And we can talk a little bit more about that. But the dream was, you know, you, you dream big and you prepare yourself and you work hard. You line yourself up with individuals who can help you either get there or teach you. Asthma was not a, uh, a, a factor anymore, but it was also something that told me, do not allow these obstacles. Just find another way to be able to get around it. I learned about patience and humility. And, and the beautiful thing on that is when I was sitting and bench and wasn't playing, I was used to it. I'm used to sitting and bench, but be ready when your opportunity comes. When your opportunity comes, then you make sure that you're ready to be able to excel. And that opportunity came hugely when we were playing against um, Northeast Louisiana and the playoffs, and Danny Copeland, who was our kick returner, he tweaked his hamstring. And he just said, Kador, you're going to have to um, do the kickoff returns. Was I scared? Man, I was scared. Guys, if y'all block, I'm going to take this kickoff to the house. Guys set the wedge. I went 99 yards, 200-some-odd yards all-purpose and kickoff returns in that game. I think it may even still be an NCAA record still to uh, to this day again preparing yourself and dreaming big when opportunities do come but being patient that when your time does come that you are ready and and, and when you have a brett Kolnick and you have cora it's all about what are you doing in your community to be able to help brian hooked me up with brian and brian and i we're cousins i mean dude we're we're we're, we're we are family we didn't even hesitate i think brian and i may have talked uh, uh, once or twice and before you know it Brian is at our institution at East, Eastern Florida State College helping serve our kids what, what, what did you have on that table when we were doing that Brian what, what was your um, were you giving out massages or something yeah we had ACE, I had Graston and ASTEM I mean just stuff to make people feel better um, which is ASTEM I'm sure you guys have probably talked about that on this podcast before it's a it's a um, implement assist in soft tissue mobilization um, yeah, no, I mean, we just look for those opportunities too. I mean, again, there's not a huge return for us or not looking for one, but again, just an opportunity to get out and serve. And, uh, same thing, you know, um, Brett Kolnick called me and said, you got to meet this guy. Um, do me a favor, meet this guy. I know him from college and, uh, good dude. And I said, absolutely, Brett, for you, you know, um, <laughs> um we got together and, and we aligned, I'll say. No, not on a line, Brian, man. I, I, I think you were, you have no idea the range of you coming in that aspect of, uh, with Cora. Um, Cora, I had, I can think and recall the young ladies who came and assisted us at one of our, our football camps. It broadened these kids' horizons of them saying, hey, I can do that. Well, dang, Coach Mike, Uncle Mike, man, you know everybody. You know, you build you build relationships. And if your availability didn't allow you to come because it was short notice, I would have under, understood that. But at the same token, you were in a position that you did not hesitate to help. 
And, mm-hmm. and I, and I want, I want, I want to thank you for, you know, for building it. Cause see that that's another one of these principles, if you will, this, uh, you know, you didn't have a, a selfish pride about yourself. You didn't have to come. I mean, a little bitty rock ledge dude, come on, Coco, <laughs> you, you know, you, you, yeah, because of Brett and our connection and our relationship 30 plus years, you were able uh, uh, to do it. But I think it's important to be able to mention that your professionalism, dude, was on the highest level of excellence in representing um, um, core. And, and, I, and I appreciate it. Well, let, let me throw this out. It's just going to make help, helping out an even bigger deal. I mean, Rockledge, that's, that was my rival in high school. <laughs> so to get all the way down there is a big deal. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Oh my God. And to put it to put it more in perspective, my senior year, our football team went nine and one. You understand in the regular season, our only loss was to Rockledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Football, football, uh, powerhouse in our area in Brevard County, Coco State champions all around. But it's another thing to try to help these kids transition. Absolutely. During the game and after the game, but yeah, yeah, I could feel you on that. I did, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh, I, I, <laughs> anyway, but no, I, I agree, Mike. I mean, again, that's that's kind of we talked about what we wanted, kind of how we wanted to flow with this podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, this the thing we kept coming back to is kind of this selfless service, right? So, in other words, this giving, I want to get out and be be a positive part of my community, not because it's going to help my business or because it makes me feel good, but be, yeah. because it's the right thing to do. Because I'm a part of this community and I want other people to do that. Um, and how much that comes back to help you. Um, and obviously that's some, somewhat a part of my job at CORE, right, is these getting out in these community stuff. But honestly, it's the, it's the really cool part. I mean, meeting people and getting out and helping people. And, uh, you know, CORE has really been amazing and um, kind of giving us the leeway to do that. Um, and not only leeway, but kind of the charge. Um, I mean, their, their big motto is serve everyone. Right. Wow. And I, I tell everybody that you hear that and you kind of go, yeah, everybody's model is, is service. Right. And then you step into a company and they actually mean it. Um, <laughs> it's a big and they live it out and they do their best. So it's not perfect, but mm-hmm. but they do their best to live it out. And, uh, that's why I love working here. That's why I love working. No. Beautiful. Well, they're, they're very fortunate to have you. But but again, I think there's a there's a sense of uh, understanding serving your your community. It was embedded in me and I had to do it. And being around individuals that didn't allow you to um, get a big head or be in a position that you must always be able to serve. Everybody's going to have a storm or something that they're going through. Don't, 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 don't get me wrong. But as you continue to build these relationships, man, it just has been a huge, you know, a huge blessing, uh, even even academically. You know, I didn't think I was going to uh, get my um, master's degree. You know, matter of fact, when I, I had the opportunity to start working on my master's, uh, Coach Kidd was like, hey, you got another year to play football. You want to you play, we'll, you know, we'll keep you on scholarship. I said, sure. He said, you want to um, work on your master's degree? What do you want to get your master's in? And I was like, a master's? What's that, really? Right? So I just went to um, um, start working on my master's in criminal justice. I took the GRE, and I am sure they have my name in the books as the lowest possible uh, <laughs> score you could get on the GRE. <laughs> <laughs> on on the GRE, and um, and I wasn't prepared for it, but I I did it, and they put me on probation. They just say, "Hey, look, we're gonna let you into the program. You just can't make um, a, a, a C." But being an athlete, I'm gonna grind and do whatever I need to do to get that A and that B. So I go through, and um, I'm working on my my master's degree going into my senior year. But see, guys, you don't know. People are always watching. You know, we, we had a quarterback by the name of Lorenzo Fields. And, man, he was a field general. This guy was absolutely amazing. You know, we fast forward uh, present day. And he's telling me, Mike, you had no idea, man. I was, I was two years behind you. And here you are, a man of color, always serving and giving. And you playing football and working on a master's degree. So I never, you never even looked at that that way who may be watching you when you're doing these things but man when i got drafted and they called my name i th- i threw every book in the garbage can and said, i'm going to play football i'll come back to school <laughs> later but because of those who you're around you got good people they say hey man you got to come back and um you got to finish your, your your master's degree and ultimately 
I was able to do that. And many times when you talk about service over self or serving your community, it was storms that came into my life that allowed me to say, hey, Heavenly Father, if you will, um, help me get through this. And what do I need to to do to get through it? And when you have family and close friends and a faith that is uh, um, unshakable, you're able to accomplish things. That's why I continue to to give. And um, my community gives gives back to me. It's back to me. So, so what 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 are you going to tell our listeners out there? And, and I'm going to ask both you guys this question. You know, how should we serve our community? What are the steps we need to take? And I'm going to ask you about your book in a minute because that's very important. But be, before we get into that, Brian, I'm going to ask you this question first. What what do we need to tell the young people and the people of the community? How, how, how do we, what, what can we do? How do we guide them? I mean, to me, if you're, if you're looking at service, I mean, again, um, find a way to be involved. Um, it's easy to sit back and not do anything and say somebody else will do it. And it, to me, it doesn't have to be big, right? So in other words, it doesn't have to be world changing. And a lot of times those little things end up having huge impacts. So again, just, just not walking past those opportunities. You know what I mean? So um, may seem small potatoes, may seem, but you know what? I help somebody out. Nobody may ever hear about that, but that person's going to remember that. Um, and, and I mean, again, you can, we can all talk about these times that people have done that for us, whether your car was broken down and somebody gave you a jump or, and you never saw that person again, but you'll never forget them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, just, just finding that place to be involved. And, uh, you know, when we talk about, I talk to our clinic managers and stuff about it all the time. What are you passionate about? Get involved in it. Own that relationship. You know, again, just get out there and meet them. They're not going to come to you. Right. Um, so get out there and meet them. Um, and, and then the other thing I always tell people, and, and again, I, I've been in some service places before outside of work. Um, my grandmother used to tell me this all the time, but uh, I'd call and complain to her about something. I was trying to do something and she'd be like, oh, honey, you got to toughen up. <laughs> if you're going to serve people, you got to have thick skin. So <laughs> she's like, not everybody wants it. Not everybody's going to be nice. Um, <laughs> so she's like, just love them back and keep serving. <laughs> so, um, so again, I, I kind of do the same thing and not everything works out the way you know, you may go offer what you consider a beautiful gift and it may not get accepted, Yeah. but yeah. you never know. It may have a bigger impact than you think. So again, I think, you, but you got to make that first move. You got to have, you got to be brave enough. And that's obviously the, the biggest issue. Um, and anything I've done, that's been, a, like I said, kind of a selfless service, right? Um, so just having that bravery. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, and I would ask you the same thing. Michael, what, what are you going to tell people? What are you going to tell the listeners? And how, how do we get started serving our community? But for, first thing you do, you, you look within your home. And, and that home can be family members that you grew up with. That could be family members that you are overseeing or it can even be a co-worker. But look within home and be able to say, how can I help? Because if you don't help now, guys, it's so important in realizing that you're going to be able to get that help a little bit later. And, and one of the bigger things that I do, and that's why I stay around the youth, that the quicker that they can realize this is how you can serve. I don't care if you're in the fifth grade. You can go and read to the second and third graders. You can help them pull that trash. So that movement allows a positive energy that comes along, comes along with it. I was able to volunteer, and I think it kind of helps out a little bit with that, being able to give back volunteer, get some experience and being able to get an education. And they will say, well, we need you to come here and talk to these two young boys. These young men, they stay in trouble and we want you to mentor them. I said, well, I'm not just going to mentor those two boys. I want 15. I want the straight A. I want the bully. I want the kid who's very meek. I want all of them. And I would just take those kids out, every last one of them and show them about life. And I would just put them in a circle and we'll throw them the football and we're talking to them, right? And as we're talking to these kids, now they want to be able to play football. Now, their visual is here's somebody who's played football on on a high level. So they're excited about that. So now they want to play football. But as we're doing the game of football, they have no idea that I'm teaching them about teamwork, that even the kid who is the bully, you got to make sure that every down, everyone touches the ball, which means a kid who really can't play that well 
he's going to have to touch that ball in order for you to be able to build this, build, uh, this game or to be able to win this game. We fast forward, and I think it's important. My, my father, which is my hero, passed away in 2007. My dad passed away of bone cancer. And if you're familiar with that, you can only imagine how uh, painful uh, that, that was. My father passes away, and we're at the wake um, the day prior to the funeral. And I'm sitting in there. And, of course, we are we were very, very hurt. We are very, very sad. But, you know, it, it was almost textbook. I mean, my dad was, if there is a textbook on that, as my father laid there on the bed and he's like, hey, I'm very proud of you boys. I love y'all. Y'all y'all take care of your mama. And um, boom, pops closes his eyes and he he passes away. Now, here I am at this wake, man, and I'm, I'm just I'm hurting. I'm, I'm, of course, sad visibly. All of a sudden, while I'm sitting there, all of these young men that I was mentoring, right, they walk in. Mm. We got you, Coach Mike. We got you, Officer Mike. We're here for you. So to sit down, right, and see these young men come in and give back. Powerful. These same young men, I'm taking them into a nursing facility just to pick up trash, just to say hello. But more importantly, some of these seniors don't have anyone to come and see them throughout the day. The bully. He on the bus crying. He's on the bus crying, saying, uh, uh, Officer Mike, that lady was 90-some years old, and um, nobody don't even go to see her. She's 90-some years old. I said, well, son, you, you, you went to see him. So all of a sudden, the young kid who was meek and you know, kind of getting bullied every now and then by him, he went to him and put his arms around him and said, you'll be okay. You helped her today. You were there for him. So I'm watching this and all I'm doing is so thankful that, look, if you're spending time realizing that it's not about you, it's about things that's going to come down the road. My mom is now um, she goes to a day facility for seniors. She, she thinks she runs the place. She thinks she's a manager. She thinks she's a supervisor. No, mom, you you are you are here to be in this facility. Right. <laughs> So they're, they're, they're in there and they're, they're having these days and I, and I go in there and it was like, oh, Mrs. Kador, who is this handsome young man coming in here to see you? Why you got this man come? And she said, this is um, this my son, Michael. You know, all, all my boys handsome and all they wise. I love all of them. But she says, um, this is Michael. Michael's my miracle baby. Right. She says, Michael, Michael's my miracle baby. I hadn't heard my mom say that. And uh, she said, Michael wasn't, I never thought he would play professional football because he was so sick. He would stand by the door and wish he can go out there. He was so sick that he was like, Ma, I wish I can go out there and play. Now, as I'm hearing my mom share this with these other individuals, my mom says, that's why I turned my life over to our Heavenly Father. Because I seen the work in him. And when I seen that change in him, that's when I lined up and got my life right. Man, I got in that car. I tried to be strong while I was in there. I was like, Mom, why are you, why are you telling these people that? You're my miracle, baby. Man, I got in that car and I cried like a baby. And every challenge hit me, right? Academically, you struggle, but man, you still made it through. Continue to serve and give back. Pour into someone. There's so many people that are right on the edge that they are ready to either crumble and fall or have someone to be able to lift them up. So as I'm hearing this thing coming out of my mom's, who is 83 years old, I'm like, my mom has an eighth grade education, but wisdom beyond her years. That was the drive for me to finish my doctoral degree. I had supporting cast around me. Michael, stay focused, may stay focused. So what do I tell the young people? I tell my story because everybody has a story, but I tell a story that's led with storms that say, this is how I made it through. And the times when I'm feeling bad, most of the time, those kids had no idea that I'm dealing with some difficult times, but the young kids just want somebody to be there with them consistently you go and visit your seniors and this is where you're getting all of your wisdom from 
and to the young people who have grandparents that are still with them, I tell them, sit down with your grandparents and let them tell you their stories and dreams because you are their legacy. So I'm, I'm throwing it out there. It's not a really a, a, a formula, if you will. There's a principles that I kind of share whenever we get in. We talk a little bit about, about the book. But when you are given a gift and you're blessed, you have to give it back. Many of the challenges that we, we all face, we may be able to get through it. If I had the playbook and the rule book of learning how to do whatever it is. When I thought I was smart, I said, hey, I'm going to learn how to play chess. And my roommate was trying to teach me how to play chess. Right. It was, that was a thing. Right. Simple moves. But I can never get the concept. But when I was working as a correctional officer <laughs> and I just seen a young man who was coming from court that we knew the entire family. I'm saying, hey, man, what's good, man? You get back from court, man. Everything good. Everything solid. I said, no, I just got um, sentenced to uh, 20 years. 20 years. So as I'm doing my rounds, I see him in there um, playing chess with himself. Give up your time. Sit down with him. I said, man, I always want to know how to play chess. You say, I'm going to teach you how to play in five minutes. You see this one right here? That's a little pawn. Here's the movement to make. You see this one right here? This is your knight. Here's your L shape. So he goes through all of this and he's teaching me how to do it. So as you share your story and as you're giving back, you're serving and you're going to be blessed from that to even get you through just your storms, if, if you will. That's why I circle back around and say, Brian, brother, you had no idea when you came down, dude, that we needed that component, but we just didn't have someone to be able to come over there um, and, and, and do it. When Brett reached out and just said, hey, Mike, you got to make these contacts. You got to meet these guys. These guys are absolutely amazing. Without hesitation, we did it. You guys know his Brett's story. You know the things that he's doing. But how many cats do you know from your college days that you stay and talk to on a consistent level and say, dude, I love you? You know, so as I, as I throw all these things out here, uh, that's part of my duty on Friday. They're making me um, I'm speaking at an event. I'm always wanting to serve. But here's here's the kicker. Everybody's not happy for you. <laughs> Everybody's not trying to say who you, you know, who do you are? Why are you doing this? Why are you getting it done? And that's why I stay around the young people, because they keep it, as they say, 100 or they keep it real with you. and <laughs> Let you know where, where you're going uh, in life. And those same kids that I, along with others, help through youth football would come back and say, hey, Coach Mike, I did everything right. I ain't getting in no trouble. I got my degree. Coach Mike, I need a job. And I'm looking at this kid who's now a grown man and looking at all the Super Bowl championships that he won in youth league and the state championships that he won at his high school. And every fiber in me is saying, I'm getting ready to get this kid a job. Kids get hired in law enforcement. You feel pretty good. What it, it, that does... But on the flip side, you continue to do it, doctor, because, you know, some kids uh, made some poor choices, but we don't we don't give up on them. Matter of fact, my very first arrest was by a young kid who came through our youth league and I was his coach. The kid should have definitely been playing many years on on a, on a Sunday. But because of fear, because of choices, um, he could have literally lost his life because he took off running and almost hit an officer with his, with his vehicle. I'm thankful that I was on the scene when we apprehended him and is able to say, Hey, 143 was with my ID. Uh, do you know this gentleman? Yes, I do. The response out of him, coach, I'm sorry. Fear. Because if he would have made a sudden move or did anything, his life could have been taken away. So just as many as you got some, some, some positive stories, uh, you have, those other stories that are difficult that um, some kids, because of the relationship, I would be in full uniform and the kids would call me Coach Mike. I would come around in the neighborhood and be in my squad car. And they're like, no, 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 come right here in your, in, your, in your police car, Coach Mike. When you come back again, just come, come back in, <laughs> in your other car. Relationship. But them same kids will be able to say, he went that way. 
hey, Coach Mike, this is really what's happening on the streets. And all they really want is some of your, of your time. And I don't think I'm the only one who, who helps out in that capacity. But because I served, these kids are now um, serving our community through police and, and fire and teaching and educating. I met a young man today who um, he's an agent now, came through our law enforcement academy. When he came to the academy, his story was there was a incident that had occurred that involved a gun that ended up killing his mother. Yes. He pulled the trigger that killed his mother. <clears throat> this young man right now comes in through our academy and they tell me you got to embrace this one. This kid had a difficult story that came over in another county. I seen him this morning having coffee. Oh my God. Coordinator Cador, hey, how you doing, man? And I'm looking at him. He's now in civilian clothes. He's a special agent. And all he's talking about is his beautiful daughter. He's talking about his wife. He's serving and getting it done. Now, I didn't say that I did anything magical, but man, there was a relationship that when you see somebody that wants to come to you and share versus if you treated them wrong, they could either do you danger or they could not help you out at all. So I, I didn't want the the tone of this shifting this way, but that's the importance of serving. You don't need no money <laughs> to, to, to be, to be, to be kind. Uh, matter of fact, one of our football players that we played with, uh, he since passed away, Joe Davis. He came down and watched me with 150 kids on a field and I got to feed them and I didn't even know what to do. So I turned around and I looked to the mamas. I said, mamas, um, Y'all come help me feed these kids. Man, them women came and they lined them up. And this is what Joe did. He said, man, I know you're getting a lot of support on this, but I want to pour into what you're doing here. Joe, look at man. I don't pay no money. Don't want any money. He said, no, Mike, the thing that you don't realize, I have an organization where I pay someone over $90,000 a year to do what you're doing. And your leadership of what you're doing and giving back, I want to be able to pour into your organization. He literally saved that lead because financially we, we needed that assistance at that time, but I didn't want to take the check. But mentoring and experience says if someone wants to be a blessing to you, you take that blessing. And he did that for four years and being able to donate into it. So got all these things about serving and how you come back around today. That's even led to us being here um, today. And I appreciate you allowing me to, to ramble on, if you will, about, how me serving not only has helped um, my community, but has helped my family. I don't focus just on my kids. I focus on the 15, 20 kids who are going to be possibly able to influence them that when they go through their storms, they know a few things of what they need to be able to do. So thank you for allowing me uh, to ramble on that, if you will. Well, I think that was awesome. I mean, really, and, and, and a role model, right, like no other. So before we, before we break off here, two things. One, um, Brian, I want you to tell us what you do for CORE because it's very interesting. And then, Michael, I'm going to ask you about your book. So, so Brian, what is it that you do? What, what, what are, give, give us your, your sports medicine role. So, so I, yeah, so I guess I'm the director of Active Tracks, which are our sports medicine and community outreach um, our, the whole goal of the program is to bring our clinics into our communities, um, which is why I love this topic so much. So again, the whole point of Active Tracks is to show our communities what we can offer them and how we can serve them. Um, so we meet them where they work, live, play is what we like to say. So um, we provide... An instance that we have, we do traditional sports medicine. So we provide, I think it's something like 58 high schools company-wide now. Um, we, we provide athletic trainers for um, four or five soccer clubs, um, a couple colleges and, and universities. Um, but then we do a lot of really cool stuff like go into senior centers and do fall and balance prevention. Um, we go into um, charities. We, we've worked with, um, gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, St. Jude's, we've worked with like a couple of different charities, just again on, on sponsorship type stuff or on, on, you know, raising money, but just to kind of give back. Um, so 
Um, I'm glad you think it's so neat um, because I, I love it. I really do. Um, you get to meet a lot of really cool people and, and again, have these relationships um, and, and, and a very, very varied. Um, and I always say, and I, I, there's nothing that we're not willing to kind of be involved with and help. And I always use this as an example and you're going to laugh, but we've literally been out to Quidditch matches before. <laughs> when i tell you that we want to be around and help everyone um we mean it um <laughs> so wow. um, awesome. well, and, and thank you for your service i mean that that really does mean a lot michael so tell us about your book you and i chatted about it a little bit but i think yeah. i think it's well worth uh, our listeners um kind of getting them excited about it and uh, what your principles are. So um, Beautiful. take it away. Doctor, I, I appreciate it and thank you so much. So, you know, the, the goal has always been over years, people were saying, hey, when are you going to write a book, write a book? And I'm like, what do I need to even write a book, a book for? <laughs> and as the material was developing is in regards to the principles of success. And these principles of success in this original book will be on life skills success, my wife and I are going to do a series in regards to principles to success in regards to your marriage and also a coloring book. Not only one coloring book, just for our kids to empower them and seeing other individuals who may not look like them, the color to be able to learn and inspire them, but also a coloring book because individuals who are in our senior facilities, those are some of the things that they use to do for the memory and the muscle memory as well. But they're going to be coloring and doing things that will allow them to um uh, continue to strengthen their memory. So the first one on the principles of success in line with every book to the coloring book is in regards to uh, preparation, patience, pride, professionalism, persistence, and praise. Because see, when the principle in the book, the goal is to try to have it out by August. And I just need someone to kind of finalize who's going to do this and edit and get it, but making it somewhat of an easy read but having it a series of it that I don't care what it is in, in life. Even this event that we had to do today, you had to be prepared for it just to a certain extent to be able to do it. I'm appreciative of the patience that you have, whatever um, the difficulties may be. But see, pride has really hurt families and even countries. Pride will tell you, I don't need to go and get checked out. Pride will tell you, I don't have to listen and abide by certain things. But you want to have not a selfish pride, but a pride that others are going to say you're going to take pride in your community, take pride in your family and being able to, to serve. Uh, the professionalism aspect of it, it deals more so not in just in your professional appearance, but the words that you speak and being able to speak positive. Guys, there was times when it was tough, but I always had somebody in my ear saying, don't give up. Take this playoff. Are you ready? Get back in there. And I think the perseverance that has allowed me, I was never really the, the biggest, the baddest, the strongest, you know, or, or the smartest. Matter of fact, when I, when I struggled trying to avoid math and I had to take a, a, a statistics course, it was the professor that told me, son, how in the world can you learn a playbook this thick and you can't even remember these simple formulas? And immediately, the fear went away. You're absolutely right. If I can remember all these, yes, I could do all this for me. So he broke it down and simplified it for me. But that persistence, not only in life, allowed me to be able to accomplish a lot of things. And then the last one would be it would be praise. When was the last time you just thanked somebody who helped you along the way? I could not wait to call my PE coach and embrace him and say, Coach Minor, thank you. Because Coach Minor was the one when I was taking that knee in flag football because I couldn't breathe. And he knew that they would may laugh at me, that he would come over and lean into me and be able to say, just take your time, son. You're going to go on. You're going to be great. Man, you fast, man. They couldn't catch you. So he's just talking to me to calm me down for me to be able to catch my breath. My youth league coach as well, Coach Garcia, those same things. So those principles, even within your marriage, when things are lost and things are right, are you proactively and positively trying to strengthen your marriage and get around others who can help you uh, have a successful marriage? The coloring book aspect, it kind of came from a young kid who was in elementary school. You know, people love to draw. People love to get things down. But if you can send a message 
which is the name of my company, is uh, Magnus Solutions. I just made up the company on the fly. Magnus in Latin stands for great. Magnus is the name of my grandfather that I never met because my father's from the West Indies in Grenada. And I said, if I ever have a business, everyone has a good idea, but people want solutions. So I had Magnus Solutions that whatever I go and do, I'm going to carry my grandfather's name with me. So these principles of success through a Magnus Solutions concept, it was going to be able to come out and being able to make it an easy read and maybe even have it as an audible so you can carry this with you so others can um, may not want to open up the book to read, but they can be in their car and listening to some encouraging words because everybody's going through, my friend. I don't care who you are. Keep on living. <laughs> some different things want to come. So I, I appreciate you allowing me to to be able to to share that and ideas of how to navigate and move that just because I'm speaking everywhere I went. Man, I want to buy your book. I want to buy it. When you got the book coming out? Uh, well, all right. Let me um, finish this doctoral degree. Just moments so from I got now. The, say again? I said just moments from now. That's when mine's coming out. Bingo. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for not only allowing us to share, but being able to do it with my main man, Brian. And, and, I, and I'm ready to get back out there and just do, do, do some projects because Cora has helped so many people within my family through my aunt who's older and the therapy on that and some kids who need volunteering hours and those hours that they need to get to them. And now they're, um, they're succeeding. And, and Cora was a big part of that. Listen, you guys, this just couldn't have been any better. And, and, uh, probably a lot more entertaining than, than many of our podcasts uh, on, on some boring medical type activities. So I want to thank both you guys. Um, thank you. We'll be looking for your book. And once your book comes out, I think we need to circle back yeah. um, and, and uh, you know, have, have, uh, have addition to this podcast and, and, and continue this because I think it's a message everybody needs to hear. And I think in this, in this era um, we've lost some of that, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to say millennials have lost it or who's lost it, but someone, somehow we've lost our way a little bit in, in, in helping others just for the help of, just for the sake of helping others and maybe for the sake of helping ourselves. So, you know, both you guys have been amazing. And uh, again, uh, once your book comes out, we, we, we need, uh, you know, we need the second half of this uh, football game. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, and let Thank me you, come the mic talk again. <laughs> no, you know, I, I excellent conversation by the way i i have to i always have to sort of riff on some uh sports stuff uh i'm a hamilton tie cat fan <laughs> how about that for obscurity oh my god dude you went deep oh my god black and gold yes sir. <laughs> all my families <laughs> all my family's from hamilton dundas right in that area and uh we'd go visit them and <laughs> Sure. All of a sudden, my Tiger Cat fan. <laughs> oh my God! The average yeah. Tiger Cat. Yes, sir. Oh man, you yeah. went deep on that one, baby. Yeah. There you awesome. go. My favorite mug, Saints, baby. Yours <laughs> is better. See, yours, yours is yours is high end. Well, it's only high end because my daughter cheers for him right now. So that's that's why. Oh, does she really? Yeah, she she's uh, and you talk about just the blessings of all of that wow. that she. They created a team uh, this upcoming year. There's only two teams that has cheerleaders that they kind of throw in the air. That was yeah. the New England Patriots and the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. And she spent a few years there and didn't make the final roster. And on her way home, she just said, hey, Dad, um, I got an opportunity to try out for a team. I just don't know how I'm going to get there. And she said, it's uh, the New Orleans Saints. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to fly from Baltimore. Your sister's going to pick you up in Orlando. Daddy will be there at five o'clock in the morning and we drove to New Orleans and she just finished her first uh, this past football season as a uh, professional New Orleans Saints cheerleader and uh, she's working out of Chico. So so there's a whole much more that, uh, you know, people share with you. You just try to, that's, you know, share. I tell you, being a cheerleader in the NFL, man, that's passion because it, <laughs> look, it, yeah. it, one, one, you ain't making no big, big money. So I'm thankful <laughs> that you have a, 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 master, a master's degree and you can't cross you know you can't talk to the players you can't do that and she's right. like look um two of the athletes that are on the team at least uh coming up this year now uh, chauncey gardner cj gardner 
same area, came through the same youth league. Yeah. Marcus May, who played with the Jets, he is now signed with with the Saints. So now you got all these local medias are saying, hey, guys, man, we got to do this story, man. You know, Courtney Cador, your daughter, this and that and the other. But she fulfilled her dream. She's doing her they thing. They didn't even so. give the cheerleaders medical for a while. So again? Know, so they didn't even give the cheerleaders medical for a while. Uh, yeah. No, no. They, they, no, they did. It was a big deal at the Jags when they, they asked one of us. Uh, I worked at J- Jackson Worth <laughs> the time. And they're like, hey, we need somebody to come over and be the athletic trainer for the cheerleaders. Um, for the first time ever. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one last question. Did you meet Jim Mora? Oh, most okay. definitely. See, all I can remember with Jim is, is he'd always say, practice? Practice. Yeah. That whole thing. And I just, that's all I remember of Jim Mora. Practice. Jim Mora is, is one of the most meanest people like, like, like ever. And maybe he, that was just his disposition. But other than my dad, they, that man, I truly, he just had a mean look, a mean look on him. As a head coach, he has to do that. But man, Jim Mora did, he didn't play, dude. He did not play at all. Yeah, he, he was, I just remember that. Hey, uh, one last, uh, do you know this restaurant, Dr. Rick? Of course I know that restaurant. It's a great breakfast restaurant in, in St. Louis. It is. I, I, I liked it oh. so much, I bought a shirt. Now, that's a big usually a big line, though. No, see, it wasn't that bad. I, I was able to get in, and and uh, that was good food, good eating. Yeah, great food. Yeah. All right. Uh, for the last time, uh, <laughs> Brian, how do people get a hold of you if they're interested in trying to, uh, you know, work with you and figure out? Easiest way, easiest way to do it is our website, corephysicaltherapy.com. Um, we'll have all of our, all the answers, all the all the um, contact info on there. Uh, and if you want to get a hold of Doctor uh, Michael Cadore, you just sort of Google him. He's out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not real difficult. So I don't even want to go have to go down that route. This was a great conversation, guys. Do you want like my personal stuff, like how to get in touch with me or how to get in touch with Cora? I, I think you're the oh. I think you're the rock star. So it has to be you. Me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're that yeah. important. <laughs> <laughs> Email banderson1 at corahealth.com. So there's a B. Anderson, right? Without a one, right? There's a B. Anderson. I, not zero. what I know of in Cora. Really? They gave you a one on your email address. <laughs> B. Anderson. All right. One, so. All right. We're going to have to wrap this up. Uh, remember to go out to corephysicaltherapy.com. Find out more. Great place. Great site great people really dedicated to the community as you can tell so go out to corephysicaltherapy.com you will not be disappointed excellent job guys another thank excellent you, job for you in your corner well done thank you all right we're gonna come thank yeah you guys thank you for all joining right, guys. us thank and you we're, again, gonna, we're gonna have another great conversation shortly